Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Gary Chevalier. And good morning, everyone. Welcome back as we finish our series, E for Effort. As as Pastor Colt just said a moment ago, we're concluding this series today. Two weeks ago, we started with Romans chapter 14 and make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And that really is just talking about encouragement among fellow believers. And then we moved on last week to Ephesians 4, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. And we talked about the importance of unity in the body of Christ. And that leads us solidly over to today, which is found in the book of 2 Peter. Now, 2 Peter is often ignored, right? Anybody, have you heard of the book of 2 Peter? You're like, did they make a sequel? I didn't know they made a sequel to that. Right, it's this little bitty book, just three chapters. As a matter of fact, in this Bible, it starts on page 1019, and there's only 1,042 pages in this book, so it's tiny. But has anybody been in 2 Peter in your personal Bible study recently? This last six months, I'm over here. Okay, way to go. Gold star for you guys. All right? It's now on my list because after preparing for this message today, there's a lot of great stuff in there for Christian living. So we're going to move on to the third, make every effort to, and that is found again in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. It says this, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Four, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, right. Great words there. Now, I want to draw your attention real quick to the word you and your. All right, it's mentioned several times in there. In the original language, that you and your is plural. Now, we as Americans, we, we tend to think of everything as ourselves. And in English, you and your can go either way. It can be singular or plural. So it's a little easier to others understand in other languages. Like, for instance, in Spanish, it would, if we're saying your faith, we would say tu fe if it's singular or su fe if it's plural. Or in Turkish... We would say in the singular form, inashun, and if it's plural, it would be inashunus. Or in German, singular, dein Glaube, and plural, urglaube. So how it's written and how it's spoken tells us that it's plural, but in English, we don't have that. Now, some of our English dialects, I've got to give credit where credit is due, we've, we've worked to include that. So like up in New York, for instance, if we're talking in the plural, we would say, you guys faith. All right? And a little, a little south, if you move down to Jersey, it's going to be, hey, you guys faith. <laughs> Here in the deep south, down in Texas, oh, you got it. <laughs> Y'all's faith. Or someone told me in between the last service, there's y'all's faith and all y'all's faith. <laughs> so y'all has a plural. Who knew? So, since we're Texans, let's reread that verse of Scripture and let's put in the plural y'all and y'all's faith, all right? 
here we go. Now, this is the GCV, all right? It, it says NIV up there, but I, I'm here to tell you, this is not the NIV. This is the GCV, Gary Chevalier version. Here we go. For this very reason, make every effort to add to y'all's faith. Come on, don't make me do this by myself. <laughs> add to y'all's faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if y'all possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep y'all from being ineffective and unproductive in y'all's knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good job, you guys. If you're not from Texas, you're an honorary Texan right now. You spoke it, you did it. But reading that scripture in plural kind of changes things a little bit, doesn't it? It, it kind of gives us accountability together and that's where that unity comes in. Like I'm accountable to you guys to grow spiritually. Ooh, I just said you guys, like I'm a Yankee. I'm accountable to y'all to grow spiritually, and all y'all are accountable to me to grow spiritually. It's how our relationship with Christ works, back and forth. And if you're not growing spiritually, you're not contributing to the body. So any one of us should be able to come up to another one of us and say, hey, what is something God's told you last week, last couple weeks? And if God hasn't revealed anything new in Scripture to you in the last couple weeks, and you haven't talked about it to someone else, like, hey, I was reading this verse the other day, and God said this. If you're not doing that, you're not performing your role in the body of Christ. Or if someone wants to come up to, come up to you and say, hey, you know what? what? What has Jesus done in your life recently? And all you've got is something that happened two years ago? Like, yeah, I was almost in a car accident two years ago, and I said, Jesus, take the wheel, and I didn't have an accident. If that's all you've got, you're not growing. You're not contributing to the body. Like Second Peter is saying, we need to be adding these things to our faith, or we'll be ineffective and unproductive. And I don't think anybody wants to be ineffective or unproductive, right? So that, I'm with you. So that leads us to say, how can I? How can I add to my faith by growing together with other people? If you'll take your message notes out, your very first fill-in says this. The first thing that I must do is to realize, number one, salvation is the first step of my journey, not the destination. Salvation is the first step, not the destination. Now, if you spent any time in church at all, you've heard people say, we've got to tell more people about Jesus We've got to tell more people about Jesus, and we do. We need to create more opportunities for the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives by talking about Jesus and talking about what God is doing in our lives. That is absolutely the truth, but it can't stop there. It can't stop with salvation because as we just learned in Peter, he says, make every effort to add to your faith. And when he says faith, he means that foundational placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And when he says that, he's like, you've got to add to that faith. It's not just enough for that faith. You've got to grow and add to it. Look at, he says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And goodness is just like a, a virtuous state. It's a moral state. Like, you know, you look at someone and say, you know what? He's a really good guy. 
There's goodness there, but add to your faith goodness. And after that, you need to add knowledge, that desire to read and to learn God's truths found here in Scripture. And then add to your knowledge self-control, because the more you know about Scripture, the more you're able to control your thoughts and your actions and act in a way that honors God. And that self-control gives you perseverance so that you're not swayed by temptations or distraction. You know what God has said, and you're moving towards it, and you're doing it. And you add to your perseverance godliness, which is just a general awareness of God's presence wherever you are. And so that starts to lead you to think and act like God would in any circumstance. And that leads to brotherly kindness, which is treating people like they're your brother. Like a sacrificial, like, I love you, I'm going to do what's best for you, even if it means I have to do what's not best in the moment for me. And that finally builds on love. And the original word there is the big daddy, agape, like God's love for everybody, regardless of how you treat me, that kind of love. Second Peter says, make every effort to add all of these things to build love. Now, some of you in this room have not taken yet that first step. And I recognize that, and I understand that, that first foundational step of faith. I want to encourage you today, if that's you, make today the day that you decide to follow Jesus. Make today that day. Make that choice to follow Christ today. Everything we've talked about for the past couple weeks hinges on your decision to follow Christ. Now, at the bottom of your message notes, on the back, there is a sample prayer that you can pray that will get you started following Jesus. There's a new believer packet located by each exit, take one of those on your way home. On your connection card, check the box that says, I prayed the prayer to receive Christ for the first time today and my office will contact you this week and we will get started helping you together grow in your knowledge and grow in love and grow in perseverance and self-control. All of those things will be added because if you do not, Second Peter tells us, you will be ineffective and unproductive And in truth, like a spiritual baby that the writer of Hebrews writes about. Look what he says in Hebrews chapter 5. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, you need solid food, not milk like babies. When babies are born, we start them out with milk or formula. And then as they get a little older, we start to add a little rice cereal in there to give it a little more substance. And then from there, we move and graduate on to baby food. All right, and I'm here to tell you, there's some good baby food. Gerber peaches, that's good stuff. True confessions, about half of the Gerber peaches that came into our household actually made it to the kid. I ate the rest. It's good. And then after we move through those fruits and stuff, then we get to the bigger ones like the Gerber number three, like the turkey and peas, which is gross, by the way. Or those little nasty meat sticks, you know, and you're like, ugh. 
But those things are necessary for a baby's digestive system. If their body does not learn how to digest those things in progression, they're not going to be able to handle the complex carbohydrates and proteins that come from solid food. So they start on milk, but we grow them through to where they become mature. And the same is true for Christians. You start as a baby Christian on spiritual milk, but as you learn the truths of the word and as you add goodness and as you add knowledge, And self-control, as you add these things to your faith, you become mature believers. And if you don't, you stay an infant and are ineffective and unproductive. That's the long and short of it. Make the commitment. Add to your faith all of those things. Number two, spiritual growth is not only personal, but also a group activity. Fill that in. Spiritual growth is not only personal, but also a group activity. God designed us for relationship with him. It's true. He did. Your relationship with God is deeply personal. The Bible tells us in Psalm 139, before, even, or before you were born, God knew every one of your days. He knit you together. Knit you together. He knows the number of hairs on your head. For some of us, that's an easier number than others. But God knows how many you started with. And he knows how many you have now. He knows us intimately. Yes, your relationship with God is deeply personal. But it's also a group activity. You learn about God from being with other people. You learn about God from someone who knows more about God than you do. Anybody learn how to ride a bike by themselves? Anybody learn math all by themselves? Or do you have someone teach you? You you get taught. That's the way things work. Someone teaches you what you don't already know. I've been spending a lot of time with our prayer and care pastor, Tennyson Smith. Uh, He's been on our staff for about a month now. And, you know, when you have a new staff member, you do a lot of talking to get to know them and who they are and where they come from. And... Tennyson shared a story with me that I just love, so I feel compelled to to share with you today. He said that when he was a young new believer, he didn't know how to pray, and it was kind of scary. So he intentionally decided to learn how to pray, and he went to the prayer meetings, and he sat next to somebody who was praying, and really, he eavesdropped on them. (laughs) But as they would pray, he would say, me too, God, me too. What he just said, me too. And eventually, the more he did that, the more he began to understand and learn how to pray. And he grew in his ability to pray to where he was praying on his own. And now God has taken that. Prayer became such an important part of his life that he is our prayer and care pastor. And that started because he learned how to pray from someone else. Your spiritual growth is a group activity. Colossians 3.16 says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Now, take your pen, circle the word you every time you see it. Dwell in you richly as you teach and as you sing. Guess what? All those yous, are y'alls. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in y'all richly. Now underline, teach and admonish one another. Teach and admonish one another. So it should read, y'all teach and admonish one another. And note, the scripture doesn't say y'all pastors teach and admonish one another. Y'all Bible study, Bible scholars teach and admonish one another. He says y'all, as in all of us. We're gearing up for a small group season coming up in the fall. I have yet to be a part of small groups, uh, a fall small groups here. I've, I'm in my summer one and I'm really enjoying it, but I haven't been a part of the fall small groups yet. So I'm excited about what that is. And right now, we're signing up leaders for those small groups. Some of you, God has called to be a small group leader. He's placed it on your hearts. Right now, God is speaking to some of you about being a small group leader. Because scripture is clear. Y'all teach and admonish one another. And that's the beauty of small groups. You sit down with people kind of in your life stage or your life circumstance or similar qualities and you talk through scripture and what God is saying and what God is saying to you and how I read this scripture verse. And it's a beautiful time of growth. You meet some great people. I have developed lifelong friends from small groups. And I know if God's gonna do it for me, he's gonna do it for you. So sign up for small groups this fall. And better yet, if God is laying it on your heart, be a small group leader. Teach and admonish one another. If he's calling you, don't hesitate. Don't question. Just do. Now another way that we can learn from each other is through serving. Serving is a great way to get to know someone whether it's just a short little brief time together like doing donuts or teaching in the kids' ministry or whether it's a big long thing like a mission trip. If you really want to get to know somebody, go on a mission trip with them. Because when you're not at home sleeping in your own bed in your own environment, when you're away and very often the environment you're in is not as climate controlled as we're used to, you get to know somebody real good and sometimes real good. You get to know them. About eight years ago, I went on a mission trip to Honduras. Uh, There was a large group of us, about 40. Uh, My group was in charge of building a Christian radio station. We were laying the foundation. And so we got out there and we got hard to work. There's a picture of yours truly. I have photographed documentable proof that I have swung a pickaxe. I'm here to tell you, that's some work. And we were all feeling pretty good about ourselves, all robust, us 20, 30-somethings out there. And then we looked over at this little skinny 60-year-old guy named Jose. He's the the guy there in the white shirt. He worked us under the table. We were like, dude, how are you doing that? And he looked at us. I still remember. He goes, el agua es mi gasolina. And if you don't speak Spanish, what he said is, water is my gasoline. And he'd drink and pick. And drink and pick all day long in the hot sun. We're over laying under the trees, taking breaks. Jose was out there, constant as the sun. Amazing. Worked us under the table. But we went home that day feeling really good about ourselves and the work that we had done. We had to dig a trench 
that was like 80 centimeters deep. I mean, it was a lot of work. It took several days. But we went home that day feeling good about ourselves. The soreness hadn't set in. We ate dinner. It was all good. We hung out on the porch, shared stories. It was great. Then we went to bed. And that's when it went bad. See, as a part of dinner, we had eaten salad. And the vegetables had been washed in water. You know where I'm going. <laughs> Two words. Montezuma's revenge. It was not pretty. There were four of us in the room that night. We tag-teamed that bathroom all night long. It was take a number, now serving. I mean, it was bad. We were sick. Oh, we were sick. Now one of us got a lick of sleep that night. And I remember when the sun kind of came in through the windows the next morning. I remember going, oh, God. Oh, I don't know if I can get up and do this. I think I need to stay here by the potty all day. And across the room, out of the corner of my eye, I noticed one of our guys putting his clothes on. And one of the other guys in the room said, man, are you going today? And I'll never forget what he said. He said, I came a long way to serve these people. And that's what I'm going to do. Well, guess who got out of bed and put his clothes on? All four of us. And then we went down to eat breakfast. And guess what? It wasn't just our room that got sick. All the rooms had gotten sick. There were 23 of us grand total who got sick. Um, and all of us, except for one guy who couldn't stop vomiting, but 22 of the 23 of us, Montezuma's revenge and all, went back out to that job site, back out in the hot sun, and were embarrassed again by 60-year-old Jose. We worked hard because we came a long way to serve. And that's what we were going to do. God taught me. I was a pastor at that time, guys. God taught me what it means to persevere, what it means to choose to put other people's needs above your own. And in that moment, I learned it. I learned a lot about perseverance. I learned a lot about mutual encouragement. I learned a lot just from going to serve. I want to encourage you, go, serve, be a part. Finally, the last thing. Number three, I must consistently grow to achieve God's purposes. Now look back again at 2 Peter 1, this, verse 8. Let's look at verse 8. It says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now underline increasing measure and then circle ineffective and unproductive. Because the Bible says, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, that's an and. Got to have both, qualities and increasing. It's not enough just to have salvation. It's not enough just to have a little knowledge. You need to keep growing and keep growing. You need to level up. All right, all you Pokemon goers out there, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are here at church today. Because this is a pokey stop. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm in a pokey stop. And if you're here today because it's a pokey stop, rock on. I'm so glad you're here. Pokey up. But the goal is to keep growing, right? To level up. To get more rare. To get bigger, better little Pokemon to capture them. And to work together to get really big ones. The goal is to keep growing. Nobody wants to stay at level one. That's our Christian life. You can't stay at level one. You got to constantly, constantly be leveling up. 
And the reason is this. It's your last fill-in of the day. Because if you're not growing, you're declining. If you're not growing, you're declining. Athletes know this. That's why they train all the time. Biologists know this, that an organism that's not growing is dying. Economists know this. If the market's not going up, it's going down. God knows it. If you're not growing closer to him and closer to each other, then you're declining. And that's why Peter says, make every effort to add to your faith all of these things so that you are not ineffective and unproductive. Be an encourager. Keep unity and grow in your faith together. We're strongest when we're together. God uses our relationships with other Christ followers to teach us when we're growing together. We need each other as a part of our growth. We needed us to to be who created us to be, to do what he called our church to do, to go out and to tell people about Christ, to make disciples, to baptize them, to teach them to obey the Lord. That's our command, to build the kingdom of God here on earth. And if we're encouraging each other, if we're unified, if we're growing together, those are the things we need to be effective and to be productive in God's kingdom. And if we're not doing those things, we are not productive and we're not effective. But if we do, then we can make an impact in God's kingdom together. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you, God, that you designed us to live and to grow in community with other people. God, I thank you that no matter what what comes our way, no matter what we experience, where we go, what we do, God, that you've provided other people to lean on, uh, God, to learn from. Father, I thank you that you use us to do the same for others. God, that you've designed us to work together seamlessly as your body of Christ. Father, empower us to continually add these virtues to our lives, God, to the goodness, the knowledge, self-control, perseverance, God, all the way through your love. Help us to love each other, to love your people, God, so that we can build your kingdom in this place, so that we can be a light of hope in this world. God, we want to be used by you. Empower us. Teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.